Hi, everyone, and welcome to AB Conversations, where we will help you CFP your way out of it, a podcast where you get into the minds of a couple certified financial planners on how we think and feel about everyday financial planning questions and what should really matter most to you. A healthier financial life starts now. Hey, Adam. Hey. How are we doing today? Fantastic. It is yeah, sunny right. and it is warm outside. I can tell that you, you've got like, like, sometimes you ask that question of somebody, like they'll give you the canned response. Like, yeah, I'm good. I'm great. Fantastic. Yeah. Do you yeah. really mean it? I think you mean it today. Like I bought it. I do. I do. We had yeah. a busy day. We had a busy day and that's always good. It's a good yeah, busy. Keeps, like keeps the juices flowing. Yeah. And that's I'm wearing it. my, pol- I'm wearing a polo. So it's not like, you know, buttoned down. I feel good. Good. Well, then let's take that energy into um, a really good topic. And I know mm-hmm. we always say that, like we get to pick our topics, so we should think that we're good. Um, <laughs> but we're actually going to review something that we talked about, gee, almost three years ago, almost a hundred yeah. podcasts ago. Um, and it's one of the, I'll say, foundations of planning to us. Yeah. So yes. let's, let's talk about the 4% rule. Maybe more importantly, what has changed over the last couple of years, but mm-hmm. could I start with you if people like really need a refresher on it, like maybe go listen to podcast number four, but can I start yeah. with you? Maybe when we say the 4% rule, what the heck are we talking about? And then we'll get into like, Hey, where are we today? Yeah. So it is, it is a foundational planning element. I think for many people, we certainly, yeah, not it. just us. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the general idea that when you get to retirement, Whatever that pool of money is that you have, you can theoretically safely withdraw 4% of that balance adjusted for inflation every year until you pass. The idea being, hopefully you're invested for some growth that you're not dwindling that down and you run out of money, right? right? It's, it's ho- hopefully going to last you however many years in retirement. And there's so many yeah. variables that go into that for people. But the idea being, if you take 4%, you'll leave it invested adjust that uh, amount for inflation every year. Theoretically, I think it's like 96% of the time by following that rule, you will still outlive your money. Yeah, and that assumes investing a certain way. Um, There is like, this is lots of research that has gone into this. This isn't just you and I saying, hey, here's the rule. Um, (laughs) And I I think we've often used the illustration that if you're taking much more than that, it's kind of like having geese that are supposed to lay mm-hmm. your golden eggs in retirement. And if you're eating more than let's say 4% eggs, what are you really doing? You're, you're killing a goose in order to feed yourself. And yeah. at some point then that goose now is not going to lay any more eggs. You're cutting too far into principle and you can run out of money right. too soon. Right. right. So yep. I believe what we were talking about three years ago, almost three years ago, was this idea Mm -hmm. of, hey, is this rule kind of like dead and defunct based on the environment Mm -hmm. we were in? And at that time, we were kind of saying, no, it just required thinking about it differently. Um, But I think we have some additional things to share now, three years later. Yeah, we'll call call it an update. You know, it's I I call this like take two on is the 4% withdrawal rule dead? Because yeah, going back roughly those three years ago, um, I think it was like, was it August of 2020? Some Somewhere in that time frame, sure. September. Um, it was three years ago. How could you possibly expect me to know timelines? It's pre-COVID, <laughs> post-COVID, time, time is irrelevant. 
but it was ish. There were, yeah, right. That's the perfect way to put it. Ish. Um, there were many. There were many articles. There were many headlines. I feel like even clients were pointing them out to us and sharing them with us. That says, "Is this something I should be concerned about? How are we approaching this?" So it was certainly kind of out there. And again, I think the way you put it, it, it was it's situational, right? There are many variables mm-hmm. that go into that. It was the the market environment at the time. Interest rates were still historically low, so to get to that four percent withdrawal kind of realm and wanting it to last for a very long period of time, it required a little bit more risk in your investments to make sure that you were going to be able to keep up with inflation over that long period of time, more stock risk. Flash forward three years, and here we are in a very different market environment than we were roughly three years ago. Um, And the, I I don't, we, I, I don't know if you already said this, the rule, we don't believe the rule is dead. And not only no. do we not believe that it's dead, the environment right now is actually potentially more conducive to meeting that rule, but also with less potential risk over the long term, too. Yeah, and I think that goes back to maybe giving a little bit of education or reminder, we should say, to the different yeah. ways that you go about investing. You know, there are three different buckets the way we talk about it cash, which for a very long time, was really not paying you anything, right? You had cash to basically feel secure, but Mm -hmm. how many jokes do you hear? Oh, I get three cents of interest from the bank over the last, (laughs) you know, whatever period of time. Yeah. You have fixed instruments, let's call them bonds that are supposed to pay you interest. And then of course people do equate market to stocks, you know, and that's Mm -hmm. where you're hoping for capital appreciation, but you know, you can lose money. So Mm -hmm. to get to that 4%, there's many different ways to do it. And what you were sharing three years ago, because bond yields were so low, because you weren't getting anything in cash, to get to 4% was having to participate more in risk. So yeah, yeah, completely different environment today where gosh, we're recommending people actually do CDs again. We're, we're talking about <laughs> yeah. bond yields actually being meaningful that you cannot have to take a lot of risk to get part of that 4%. Yeah. And that's so- got to feel good. I hope people feel good knowing that. Yeah, and I want to I want to give a specific a specific example just to like frame what that what does that actually mean from a dollar amount like kind of impact just as an example. Go for it. But, yeah. but no, I was gonna say, but um, yes, yeah, I had another thought. I had it. I had a thought. It vanished. So I'll just dive into it, and maybe it'll pop back into my head. Um, so right, the the four percent withdrawal rule, the standard being round numbers. If you had a million dollars, you could safely withdraw forty thousand dollars a year. Adjusted for inflation, again, a lot of variables that go into it, but general idea. So I, I created this example. We created this example of, let's just say somebody needed that same $40,000, right? And if you're taking, well, I guess the approach being, if you could only invest in bonds, this is just to show the impact of the bond changes over the last couple of years, because stocks are stocks. So they're going to move around. We know they're yep. going to be volatile. Um this is going back to the end of 2020, the 30 year treasury bond was yielding one and a half percent. Okay. So to, to, so to generate your 40,000 of income, if this is only the only thing you invested in, you needed $2.6 million hmm. at a one and a half percent dividend to get your $40,000 a year. Now, here Got we it. are, April of 2023, the, the, the numbers move around, but the 30 year treasury right now is roughly 3.6%, so more than double. 
So to get that same $40,000 of interest right now, if you went out and bought a 30-year treasury bond, it's $1.1 million that you would need to generate that same level of income. So just a, just a huge difference in the starting amount that you would need to generate that level of income. Yeah, I really love that perspective because again, what, what are we most concerned about with our clients? It's the emotional ride that they're sometimes on and acknowledging we don't want them to exit a strategy or feel like they can't participate in, in the market ups and downs anymore because of the stress of seeing values move. But when we think about the production of income, right, we're now hopefully going to be able to have people in a better spot where they're not having to be uncomfortable taking as much risk just to get to that 4%. So in a way, look, inflation was not good for you know, right. our pocketbooks. It certainly wasn't good for the market last year. Congratulations to people have a, that have stuck it out. You know, in, in mm -hmm. a certain way, I hope 2022 is ripping the Band-Aid, even on this whole 4% rule, where people can get back into a more historically normal environment where my bonds are producing a good amount of income. I've got some stocks to keep up with inflation over time. Hey, even my cash is maybe paying me a little bit. It all feels right. historically a little bit more normal again when we think yeah. about recreating those paychecks. Yeah. And so what popped back into my head was what I was going to say earlier is. The, I knew if whole... I filibustered long enough, you'd get back to it. <laughs> no, no, it was perfect. It's, it's, you know, the whole, the whole idea and it's maybe it's just unfair of me to pick on the media and headlines, but I'm going to do it anyway. Right. Yeah, it's please it's go get, for it. It's, it's to get clicks. It's to get eyeballs. So just the thought of a headline being is the 4% withdrawal rule dead, by the way, that was the name of our podcast. So maybe I'm, I'm pointing, pointing fun at us too, <laughs> but I don't believe that it's ever going to be dead. It just, it, the, the path to get there may just have to adapt over time. And I, and I think the last three years are a perfect example of that. As we kind of already stated where we were a few years ago required more risk. Now here we are snapshot in time, bond yields are way higher. Cash yields are way higher. The, in, the stock market is at a lower starting point than it was beginning of 2022, which in theory should lead to higher returns expected moving forward. Just starting point, if we believe the market's going to rebound, which we do. Um, so it doesn't necessarily take away the power of the rule. It just, I think it really just comes down to the flexibility and being able to ride out the market movements, as we've yeah. said ad nauseum time and time again. Um, I, I think it's, it's just interesting to kind of see how quickly the market can move. Um, and as long as someone's able to ride that out and has a proper plan in place that has flexibility built into it, again, even, even now being a snapshot in time, bond yields probably won't be this high for very long. Maybe it's, maybe it sticks around for a few years. Who knows? I don't have the crystal ball. Um, right. and maybe, maybe flash forward three years and we're right back in an incredibly low interest rate environment. And we're back to where we were, you know, in 2020, but in our mind, that's okay. Because everything right. cycles, everything cycles. And that's, that's the key takeaway here. Does, does this environment now necessitate some major shift in strategy for somebody? The answer to that for us is going to be no, just like it wasn't three years ago. Uh, is it our job to make these tweaks and maybe overweight or underweight things? We talked about mm -hmm. this in an investment meeting just last week. Are yeah. we still a little over allocated to stocks? Well, 
that started a couple years ago because we did mm -hmm. recognize this. We were getting good returns in equities and that was making up for a lack of interest. You know, will that level out again? Yes, but does it mean that you're flipping a light switch on and off as you like to say? It's not, but I think right. it, it, it just, it shows that if you zoom out enough, these things do level out over time and they normalize. And that's why it's so important not to look at a year like last year and just go, everything's broken, nothing's working. Right. It may feel that way in the short term, but there are some positives that came out of what kind of felt like a major reset. And I think yeah. this 4% rule is one of them. Yeah. And so I'll throw one more example in there. I, I, I'm distinctly remembering a conversation I had with uh, somebody who was very close to retirement or maybe had just retired and was legitimately concerned and rightfully so and seeing the market drop. And it, again, we, we've talked about this in other podcasts. It wasn't just stocks. It was bond values falling too. And the sure. thought of, well, maybe I shouldn't have retired. Maybe I need to go back to work. You know, I don't want to be taking withdrawals from this account while the market is falling. And merit to that We'll, we'll set that aside. The, po the point that I made back to them was, yes, however, because bond yields have now risen, theoretically, you need less of that pool of assets. We'll go back to my earlier example, right? You need less to generate that same level of interest or that same level of income. So if all we're worried about is making sure that someone has the right level of income for what they need, then the, we know the dollar amount is going to fluctuate. And as long as we're okay with that, then it's that income, especially in retirement, that is really kind of the crux of, you know, success or not in retirement. Um, you know, theoretically, then with yields higher, you need you need a smaller pool to still have that same level of income and the same lifestyle. So if your geese are now laying more eggs, <laughs> bigger, you need bigger eggs, <laughs> bigger eggs, theoretically, you need less and skinnier geese. Geese? Um, sure. Yeah. Good makes sense. Yeah. It's, it is just that whole, um, I like, I like, and maybe we can leave it there. Like, cause I feel like you summarized that very well. It all comes back to just not losing focus on the key purpose of that savings. I realize that when people retire and that's really what we're talking about here, this is a retirement mm -hmm. planning strategy. I want you to take out, mm -hmm. you know, that that pool is finite and you're, now not saving to bring that value up. You saw the value go down and it feels horrible because you know you're not going to save back into it. Yeah. But you're making the most important point. If that's now producing more income for you to live off of, we know those values will rebound over some time. You know, let's keep the perspective that things are still okay. This is a snapshot in time. Um, you're getting more eggs from those geese. That's good. As long as you didn't yeah. kill any in the process. Right. That's key. Um, yes. But that's why we're here too. let you know what's possible and what's not. But to a lot of people that have stuck through this, pat yourself on the back a little bit. You got through it. Yeah. Yeah. Not everybody did. Thanks. Is that it? it was a, do it? it? It was a fantastic day with a fantastic podcast. Thank you so <laughs> much. Hey everyone, Adam and I really appreciate you tuning in. Please note that the opinions we voiced in the show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be most appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, your accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to making any decisions or investing. Thanks for listening.